This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This is Behind the Rose, where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between. Here's your host, Blake Horseman. Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Rose podcast. I'm your host, Blake Horseman, here with my buddy, as usual, Eric Bradley. And today we are talking to Bravo Liberty, Summer House favorite, Hannah Burner. We talked to Hannah about her unique title for her fiance, how she feels now about how the reunion played out, and how she is now pursuing her stand-up career. But first, let's chat about this weekend. Eric, I saw you, uh, you went to some live music, man. I missed that. I haven't really done that yet. So how was that, dude? I did. It was great to see a live show again. Uh, it was good catching up with Matt. Matt Stell was the show I went to. And if you guys don't know him, he's an up and coming artist and pay attention to him because he's going to have a pretty good career ahead of him. And yeah, it was, it was just great. It was great hanging out with the boys again, being side stage. Just- dude, what's the energy like in the room with the, with like the audience, man? So I think it's a little different because it was in a college town. So I think uh-huh. they were already gone, a lot of the students. But it, I mean, it's it's there. It was a smaller room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, people are ready to go. No, and it's, I can't wait. Oof. Hey, as as producer of this show, I think we buried the lead. What what happened in L.A. this weekend? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I was about to say I had, I didn't get a rose. <laughs> I got a lot of whiskey. <laughs> I'm over here going, well, good for Eric for getting to go to a country concert, but what the hell's up with the rose? <laughs> I'll tell you what, that video did go pretty viral. I'm not going to lie. I was, I woke up, I woke up in a panic because I was tagged in like 20 things. And when that happens, that's usually like a bit, you know, like something bad or <laughs> 99% of the time it's something bad. And I popped up and I just noticed I was tagged in that video, like fucking by every single batch fan page. Um, yeah, it was a fun night. Um, Friday night, a bunch of us went out. It's me, Becca uh kendall and a bunch of other friends um a couple producers um so it was really fun catching up i mean we had we had a fun night uh but i will tell the, this rose story because it was actually pretty wild so we were sitting there we had just honestly started talking like we kind of mentioned we started talking about the show a little bit and i always kind of give her jabs you know about like how everything played out and literally right as i said that in the middle of the restaurant one of those street rose guys comes walking up and he was like you guys want a rose and i was like no fucking way did that just happen you know uh and then i think somebody i think i don't know who bought it but somebody bought the rose and was like you gotta give it to him so it was a funny moment and uh yeah it was fun we had a lot of fun together so was it a final rose or is this a first <laughs> impression rose again this was a drunken bar rose in a way. <laughs> that's what this was i will say that night was super fun i think i had my most la moment of all time so Kendall, for some reason, has like a friend's car. Something happened to her car. I, we were cruising through L.A. in a fucking BMW top off jamming to Natasha Bedingfield, like just having the time of our lives driving through L.A. So it was a really cool time. I, I had a blast out in L.A. and uh, went to a birthday party on Saturday. And um, yeah, it was almost too much fun. I'm just now recovered. Uh, but it was a fun weekend. It was a fun weekend. Anything else? <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> Nothing else. Sorry, guys. I'm not going to give you the no tea. No kissing and telling? Damn it. Come on. Give us that clickbait. We need no, it. no. Not giving to the tea. Um, it was a fun weekend. We'll just leave So we have, we have a question from a listener here. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I was like, fucking A. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but is there any teasing at all? Like, I mean, right? Will we see you on a beach? Probably not. No. Damn it. <laughs> Probably not. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it was a fun week. There was some good conversations had. We'll leave it at that. There were some good conversations. I'd rather had. see you guys connect organically. Anyway. <laughs> some good conversations. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was a fun weekend and I just recovered just in time to go to Chicago this weekend. And what's happening there? Playing a show, baby. Show night, May 22nd, this Saturday, baby, out in Chicago. We're playing at 115 Bourbon Street, guys. Come out. Uh, it's going to be why We're rolling deep. I think you said that. We're rolling deep this weekend. We got a crew with us from Bachelor Nation. So you guys, if you're out in Chicago, come out to the show Saturday night at 115 Bourbon. I'm playing pretty early too, guys. I'm playing at like 9.30. It's probably the earliest show I've ever yeah. played. So come out. It's going to be a fun time out in Chicago. Some of them boys might be the last you'll see of them for a while until they're on a Yeah, television. some of them might be going to a beach. Yeah, they might be on the beach. So we'll see. Can we say who's coming or? I don't see why not. Dude, I, fuck, there actually are a lot. So let's There's see There's a lot. There's seven. Yeah, you, me. Then there's Bukowski. Randone, Pilot Pete, Clay Harbor, Joe, grocery store. And 
obviously Kenny. Oh, Kenny. Oh, from and Clarentasia season. Who? This is actually this is a fun fact about Kenny. Where you're performing, he has been the talent booker for 115 Bourbon Street yeah, for like Kenny. the last 18 years. Yeah. So shout out to Kenny for getting us booked out there and hopefully play there a lot more because the show is going to be wild. I have a feeling. And dude, get this: a guy from my season, Mike Renner. He was a he's like the he was the long-haired guy from my season. He's like, don't be out in Chicago. I'm going to come out. I was like, hell yeah. So that'd be like a nine basher people. <laughs> so, And there might be someone from this season. Uh, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so come out, guys. It's going to be a fun night for sure. It's going to be wild, actually. It's going to be really wild. Come see the whitest DJ set in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's whiter even more now because I'm opening up for a boy band. I had to make it whiter. <laughs> like, I can't be playing too much. Eddie, too much what would you like though. to hear in this set? I am glad that you're playing at 950. I could actually go. <laughs> Still be in bed by 11. Seriously, though. <laughs> this is great for me, too, because I usually don't drink that much at night. Like, at my sets but i'll be done by yeah 10 30 i'm gonna get hammered well, if, you, if it's gonna be opening for a boy band band yeah, dude, you gotta be, be doing some stop playing games with my heart and shit yeah like i mean that. i'm gonna be playing some i don't want to steal their playlist though <laughs> yeah what songs can we not play i'm gonna have to get that from kenny i'm playing i'm only playing one like serious boy band song because i actually like took some out i was like you gotta play some o-town 98 degrees See, I don't want to play their music, though. Fuck. Ah. That's literally what they play. But yeah, it should be fun. And uh, yeah. So now, our chat with Hannah Burner behind the rose. Hannah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, boys. Thank you. Good to Super see you again. Super excited about this one. Oh. He's a huge Uh-oh. Summer House fan. Oh, I wouldn't really? say huge Summer House <laughs> fan, but I really enjoy really fucking trashy television. He's a big Bravo guy. I do. I like Bravo. You can appreciate the spectacle. Yeah, it's like I enjoy The Bachelor. I like. I just like drama. It's fun. Yeah, I feel like reality TV is very close to like sports, but um, even more of an art form, you yeah. know? <laughs> it is. Right? <laughs> I, but Eric does watch it. He's not a normal viewer. Like, yeah, he watches it like it's a sport. Well, I come from the sports world, so it's like... Yeah. Same. Me too. But I also... I want, I appreciate the backwards hat vibe. Um, I One of my like original tweets was just, do I like him or does he wear his hat backwards? Hat backwards. And you guys are the problem. You're the problem, both of you. The only reason <laughs> I get laid is because we talked about this. My height and my backwards hat. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you were so easy to become a just character on TV oh, God, just based on those two things. You, you didn't have to speak. You were like the perfect <laughs> caricature of a douchebag. But yeah, um, yeah. oh man! Yeah. But when you you speak, you're so much sweeter. Well, thank you. And and but it it makes it like you complex. You know. There we go. Exactly. I'll say you that's, surprise people. Yeah, me and Hannah have been on a couple pods now. We've done like three or three pods now. This is our third or fourth pod. Yeah, so. now we psychoanalyze each yeah. other because two podcasts means like you know my whole yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Right now. Seriously. <laughs> Especially the podcast we were on. Like, I feel like we got real deep <laughs> on that Valentine's Day pod. I got real deep. Nervous laughter. Yeah. <laughs> Nervous laughter. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you were on a Valentine's pod with three girls yeah. and we were like going in and then we were like, speak for all yeah. men. What's the reason? And you were like, I just, I just want to have fun today. So, is he a good spokesperson for? For all men though well i feel like these bachelor guys are quite self-aware because they're forced to reflect on feelings they would never reflect on i remember like i think on your pod i brought up like the five love languages you're like you know you're on the bachelor when you know your five love languages <laughs> i was like it's so true though no dude can list it unless he's been on the bachelor yeah. <laughs> but yeah your awareness of love i feel like becomes so apparent i feel like so many guys don't even think about like the idea of love no, yeah. until they're like 37 <laughs> and yeah. well shit that's where i'm at Fuck. okay eric it's time <laughs> eric are you single i am it's time it is it's time. it is time it's time i was blakely i was joking before i love how i'm just i'm going on monologues this is your pod it's fine like <laughs> <laughs> tell you what do you want to talk about and i go okay i have a lot of shit to get off my there's chest there's a lot to unravel here a lot to unravel but i i'm with an older man's he's 45 yep. and i've had terrible taste in men before but like everyone goes through that to like learn what they want but everyone's like did you find the one non fuck boy in manhattan <laughs> And I was like, no, I found a retired one. And that's how you <laughs> settle that down. I love that so much. A retired fuckboy. Like- he's not chasing women <laughs> around the streets because he's on the verge of arthritis. And like he goes to bed at 9 p.m. 
So like even if he wanted to, he he physically can't. Physically can't chase women. But he's still like as charming and handsome, but like he's fucking burnt. And that's just like I feel like if I met him at 32, we'd ruin each other's lives, but now he's like the love of my life. That's all. so ladies listening, go find yourself a man on the verge of arthritis. I told him that joke this morning that I was doing about him and he goes no, I actually do have arthritis in my hip, so like you're right. <laughs> He's like, it's been bothering me, and I think it's arthritis. <laughs> He's like, pass the Advil and shut up. <laughs> oh, that's so great. So let's get into that because I want to talk about. Surprisingly, there's a few people I know that have found love in 2020, and I don't get it. Like, how did you do that? Like, 2020 was such a oh shit show. Like, God. how did you do that? Well, I've been saying like I found love in a hopeless place during a pandemic, um, and that was my Instagram DMs. Oh, okay. That's where that's where it all went. <laughs> so it went down. But it's funny because I was in the darkest place. Like I was 29, living with five cats and my parents in quarantine on like an island in Long Island. And I had this Instagram psychic, as one does, say like, "There's a man walking towards you." And I'm like, "Bitch, I'm on an island. He's not walking. Maybe he's swimming. But like, I don't know what you're talking about." But apparently, he'd. Apparently, I was in his algorithm, you know, like I was popping up. Oh, in the, okay, in the feed or whatever. In like my algorithm search. is just like people I hate and my ex that pops up. But like he was, <laughs> I guess, he got me. And apparently I popped up on his Raya also, but he didn't pop up on mine because I had, he was over my age I was going to say you had the age limit? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> And of course, he's like, whatever ages guys do. He's like, anything. Um, yeah, it's, it's from butter. 16 to 30, yeah. like 30. <laughs> he's like 29 and a half, then they're dead to me. <laughs> but he, I guess he saw me in an Insta story and like clocked me and was like, oh, I think she's cute. And then he saw that I was out in Long Island while he was in Long Island. But, but he's normally in Ireland, but the pandemic made him come back to the States. So the pandemic kind of was the only reason we got together and I'd seen him at a comedy show five years ago oh. and thought he was really cute before I was in comedy but he was talking about how he lives in Ireland and I was like oh I guess I can't marry that guy <laughs> but I do think that the pandemic slowed things down for particularly a lot of guys where it's like okay let's reflect a little and then it's like you're there alone you've who knows what people do in New York? Like, was all the cocaine worth it? Like, was, I don't know. And you're just sitting there alone with Disney Plus. And, <laughs> and I feel like some people were like, oh, like, I, I wish I had, like, a best friend. But then I feel like there were people who were dating people and then realized, like, oh, when I'm not in my normal, like, partying or working a lot and I'm spending quality time with them, I realized, like, I, I hate how they breathe. Or, like, I just hate everything right, about totally. them. Yeah, totally. Like, I love them, but I don't like them. So it, I do think transitions and, like, even hitting rock bottom so important for at least a change. And I think for me, I had walls up before quarantine. Like, I'd been in a bad breakup, and I was going through this weird, like, I'm just going to fuck male models. <laughs> <laughs> Like I was like, we I all go through that phase, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't judge what's going on in LA, you know. <laughs> but I, I feel like I was trying to play the game where it's like, I can't get hurt because I'm not going to get emotionally attached to any of these dudes, mm. and even if they really like me, it's like just making my ego feel good because I'll never date them. But like, what's the? It's just an ego trip mm. to be like, look how hot this guy is, and like I don't even want to be with him, and it's so. Um, it's not, doesn't actually make you happy. And I feel like with him, cause he's older, he's, he doesn't have time for games. Like he's going to die soon. So he, <laughs> he must <laughs> love these age jokes that you just constantly, <laughs> <laughs> but he's only, he's only 45, but, um, he, which in man language is 23. Yeah, it's so pretty, for like, sure. <laughs> right. Forever twenties. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like with him early on, he was like, "Look, if you want to play games, like it's totally fine. I just like I'm not interested in that." He just straight and, up said this to you. Yeah, like I, I posted something like a guy, another guy. Had, I was like posting other guys on my, on my Instagram, and he was like, "You know, it's if you want to play games, I'm done." And I put my tail between my legs. So f and I'm normally like very prideful in relationships and like you can't hurt me you can't touch me I was just like I am so sorry that's not me like I'll I'm done with her like I won't be that messy bitch it's 
I are we on the same team here? Like this is cool. And then he was just super upfront with stuff. And then I realized like, oh, you can actually just be yourself with someone and be honest the whole time. And you don't have to, this is, as an athlete, like I've always learned in life, you work hard and you get a great result. And you do great and people love you. But this is the first thing that like, I didn't have any strategy, I didn't try, and I got this result. And it kind of made me reflect on life, like just being is sometimes more important than forcing and strategizing and Ooh. and manifesting. It's like sometimes you just have to be you, um, which is corny, but no, I, it's I like what I kind of learned from this. Yeah, I feel like I just learned a lot. Like during the <laughs> conversation, like I walked away with like okay. No, well, when you start a relationship, you think like okay, I don't want to fuck this up. You start being result oriented, and you think okay, what can I do obviously to make this work? But then sometimes in that you lose yourself. You find yourself mental health is not healthy because you're, you know, compensating, overcompensating, compromising, whatever. Because at the end of the day, I just, I've been with people who've hurt my mental health and I've lost myself. Mm -hmm. But that happens when you don't set boundaries and you don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. I think the number one thing is like, you, you have to find yourself first. Like I, I've been a believer in that for a long time. We'll be right back. So you kind of had like an epiphany almost. Like it feels like it was kind of a bit of an epiphany over like corn. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think like I don't really know who I am and it's it's evolving every day. But it's more like I was finally good with really being alone. Because let's be honest, you're single, but like you have your roster. You're talking to people. <laughs> me? You don't get enough who, attention. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got someone else who's texting. I was like, how would I be if I didn't have a dude texting me? Like, is that insane? Is that like the world's gonna fall apart? And it's it was just a lot of ego. And with him, it was, yeah, it was just different. It was different where I didn't need to, I didn't trick him. Mm. <laughs> or maybe I did, and I didn't even yeah. know I tricked him. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I finally was alone. And this is gonna sound weird, but he's all, a lot of the time you, like, things are romanticized. Like, I, I need this person. You need to need them. But it's the first guy where I'm like, he could leave me tomorrow and I'm good. Mm. I want him. Mm. Like, I'm so complete without him. And he knows that too. But like, he just enhances. And I hate to be like, like your person is dessert, but it's like, they really are dessert. And dessert is not enough to keep you like your nutrients up. Yes. But it's I good. I love that. So I completely agree with you because when people ask me, like, what are you looking for in a woman? Number one thing I always say is, like, I want a woman who wants a man but doesn't need a man. But I always thought I was this, like, tough, you know, independent woman. But, like, when I'd fall for someone, I'd be like, oh, my God. And I'd, like, romanticize it and put them on this huge pedestal. And then, like, you're that's not – love is literally so boring. People don't talk about how boring love is. <laughs> love is no. – Knowing that the person you're with just cares about you, which is so fucking lame and boring. But it's like, if that's why I think a quarantine broke a lot of people up because you're not out to dinner with people, you're not taking photos in Tulum, you're sitting on the couch, and that has to actually be enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And a lot of time, you're not even talking. Yeah. And he's going to fart, and you're going to fart. Exactly. Like, let's talk more about that. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about that kind of love, you know? No, well, yeah, it's but so... that's like, real love. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, The Bachelor, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the most fucked up love. Like, it's just like, like the epitome of like... What... I would fall in love with a fucking beanie baby yeah. if they <laughs> put me on some of those days. <laughs> that is the line of the fucking podcast. <laughs> and that's why I think quarantine, like you got intense emotions because you were like, I'm in a hole of despair. And I, yeah, you had to be with people who were healthy for you because mm -hmm. it was really evident when you... Because everyone was about to snap. So if the person wasn't right for you, I feel like they were like, get it out, get it out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They like, Everybody was ready. I feel like some people are still on the verge of snapping. You're like, we're still not even through it. Yeah, no, we're all snapping. Yeah, like, <laughs> people snapped a couple times, you know? Like, that's what I feel like. Well, I, yeah, I snapped all summer. And, but what's also funny is that the summer of snapping was when he was getting to know me, which is, Blake, I'm so good at being the chill, like, the chill girl. I'm so fucking good at it. Your girl was crying on the phone every night. So 
if that's not like and he was still he's still there like he's like maybe it was like because it was so intense like it it like i can't explain it to you but every girl or guy who's strategizing on how to act for the person to like them stop because i literally had a mental breakdown every night and he was like i just knew you were the one wow that's so cool though that's gotta be such a cool feeling like well i feel like most relationships you're like your best and then mm -hmm. you start to like you're like, oh, no, I have to start showing my cracks. Oh, God. And then, like, by the end, you're like, I hope he likes this actual version of me. But I say we reverse it. You start off with, like, if it's like the classic of we can't handle you at your worst. But, like, literally come through with the worst. Because mm -hmm. don't wait six months for your worst to come out. You don't have six months. Life is short. Amen. Well, you did <laughs> Start a fight right. on the first date. Start a fight on the first date. <laughs> this is who I am. You definitely learn that as you get older. Like, let's just get to the point here and like, yeah, let's just put yeah. it all on the table now. Yeah. And don't you, this is also a mass generalization, but tell me if you agree with me. I feel like the issues that you have in like the first month are still the same issues you'll have in 12 months. Yeah. Like I, I know these that. people who like their only thing was, oh, he wants to live on the East Coast and she wants to live on the West Coast. Three years later, it's still what they're fighting about. Yeah. Or like, we want kids. He wants kids. I don't. Or like, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. That like, you know right change. away. Like, the flags are there, you know? Yeah. So sometimes, like, you have to be just honest with stuff and what you want to deal with. And, and people don't really change at their core. Like, you could get a guy to, like, clean up a little more after himself. Right. <laughs> get him to put the seat down. <laughs> get him to start watching The Bachelor with you. But, like, core elements of like how they communicate or that kind of stuff is i why would you want to like train a, a dude and i feel like some girls like that they're like some yeah. girls like the and men like the idea yep. of like a project i think yeah. in a way you know which i don't which is toxic af so well yeah because it's like almost codependent like mm -hmm. like oh well i made you or like oh you need me now because who would you be without the oh yeah it really has to be this like beautiful connection that like isn't yeah dependent even though i obviously love to be with him 24 7 but there's a healthiness of like not a need yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty cool i mean that's what i'm looking for that's what we're looking for you know everybody out there is looking for that so it's pretty cool you found it and like you said in the most hopeless times like the most sad times but i also think like when you say what you're looking for i love i used to be so result oriented like like if a relationship went bad, it's like, oh, I failed. Where I try to change the language where it's like, no, this is called researching. It's not mm -hmm. dating. It's researching. Because mm -hmm. like you guys have been in a lot of relationships. And if I hadn't dated the guys I dated, I would have never been able to um, flag Des as mm -hmm. like marriage material. I like that idea of like saying it's more of like experimenting. Like you're researching. You it's know? research. You're like researching. Yeah, because it's not just like, oh, this is the kind of woman that everyone wants to be with. It's like we all need to be with different kinds of people that match us in like such complex ways of like how they were raised, how their mom speaks to them and how your mom spoke to you. Like it's so nuanced, but you just know certain characteristics that you're like, yeah, I don't have I don't have the time to deal with that. A lot of it's just like being good at fighting. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree with that. Being good at like fighting and arguing and like. Because that's like the hardest, those are the hardest parts of, of a relationship. Well, filming The Bachelor, like how often do you have a normal fight with the person besides Never. like, you're dating Never. other people. <laughs> and even and then, it's not really a fight. You ever get in a fight, your first fight with someone you go, oh, like that's how we're going to go about it? Yes. Some Like some guy calls you like a fucking like bitch and you're like, what? Like that's how you turn Like... The second the guy like throws the beat, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So you you see these sides of people and how they fight and or they're just like super like prideful and like don't want to talk and ignore you for four days. And just it's walk like, away type thing. Yeah. yeah. So you have to find a person that you're like great at fighting with. And you have to always realize, look at me pretending I'm a relationship coach because I got engaged <laughs> once for a second. <laughs> Literally got engaged two days ago. And I'm like, this is what love is. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I guess I always, I think about it a lot. And like you said, you're on TV. Like you're on, like you are very self-aware. Like other like can step back and take a look at like yeah, yeah. And so. 
everyone's judging you all the time so it's like oh let's judge myself a little <laughs> harder <laughs> most of the time you judge yourself harder too oh yeah oh <laughs> yeah so anyway that was my ted talk i um, like i i enjoyed that and i think our listeners will enjoy that but i do want to back up a little bit because let's go back to what you said I, i'm going way back a little bit here an instagram psychic what the fuck is that like do i need to find myself an instagram psychic oh what my is God. that that psychic stirred up some shit too yeah, you he knows in the season. <laughs> I basically during the pandemic, like everyone's just on their phone. And I was doing all these lives, and I was like meeting this like great community of people <laughs> who just were bored as fuck. And I had this woman like reach out to me during some hard times, and we just started talking. She's more of a friend. I've actually too scared to get like a real psychic to read me because. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking scared of that shit. Whether you say you're going to get hit by a car tomorrow. Like, I don't yeah. need that stress in my life. Yeah. But, um, and she just would message me stuff randomly. And, um, I think it's fun. Yeah. I think it's, I also love people who don't look at the world the same mm-hmm. as other people. And I think it's, she's, I think it's interesting when someone has insight in some type of way to things, to life. Cause we don't know what the fuck's going on in this world. Nobody does. Exactly. And I'm not going to preach how much I love psychics. However, I feel like in all like cultures, there's some type of a psychic. Like in Italy, there's like a Nona who like knows about the future, the wise older person. And like, it's just interesting to me where I just feel like some people are more connected with their intuition than others. Yeah. And I, I agree. Like, I think you always need to surround yourself with like differing opinions and like differing beliefs. And because yeah. like, I think, yeah, you can learn from all that. So I think, and like you guys believe in cryptocurrency. I believe in psychics, like whatever, we're the same. <laughs> Wait, do you guys believe in horoscopes? I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I don't believe in it, but like, I don't like base my life off of like, Eric, that was <laughs> such a Scorpio thing to say, yeah, but I'm so far from that. I'm a fucking fish. So <laughs> you're Pisces. I am. <laughs> Look at her judging you. Look at her judging you right now. That's why I hate that. But you know what? Everything that they say about a Pisces is so accurate, though. I know. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. That's the way horoscopes work. It's like, no, it's not real. And they start reading it. You're like, oh, that is me. Like, oh, shit. (laughs) It's so funny. I was talking about Dogecoin or however the fuck you say it. And everyone's saying, it's going to the moon. And I go, really? Um, Sounds like astrology to me. Fuck boys. <laughs> That's what horoscopes are about the moon. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we can go on. Uh, we can go on those all day. I feel like. I'm feel like, like give me a topic. About... We'll go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, cryptocurrency. That we. That's first time that's been mentioned on this podcast. This is now a finance. Well, thank you for podcast. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for that. Let's talk about like your summer and everything because. The first thing you said on the podcast was like, yeah, I made some mistakes. Like, that was like the first thing you said when you were like, I have too many podcasts. Like, <laughs> how was the summer for you? This last one. Mm-hmm. So this last summer was very difficult because the show Summer House was always filmed just on the weekends and you'd work during the week. So like you might have oh, a little scuffle with someone. Yeah. And then you'd like go back, you'd meditate on it. You'd pet your cat. You'd call your mom. I mean, it was brutal. Like on Fridays, we'd drive five hours, but that's part of it. Like by the end of the trip, you're like, you can't stand anyone and you like start drinking. <laughs> but um, I, my, I had started my stand up tour in March. So it was like DC, LA, San Francisco, and then COVID hit. Oh. And I was like, okay, I need to get into like virtual shit. I got to do my podcast. Um, we have Giggly Squad. We're burning in hell and like doing lives and making funny videos. I was just like, trying my hardest to like stay creative and stay motivated and then we're stuck in the house and um there was it's my third season and that's when like everyone you're not really playing nice anymore and everyone I mean you know Bachelor Nation and then there's like you know obviously a lot of egos involved Mm -hmm. and I kind of went in being like previously I would be afraid to stand up to certain people Mm -hmm. and then I went in this season and I was like I'm gonna stand up to those people and if you stand up to certain people, it doesn't bode well for you. Like in a show, especially like in a show that's like more or less unedited reality television show. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But um, I'm and I was, you know, had hour long fights that I would eventually, you know, get very upset. But yeah. I also yeah. deep yeah. down know like. That's what do they want to see me on Zoom calls the whole time? <laughs> so like I was out here like reacting, experiencing, being vulnerable, being open. Mm-hmm. And um, 
women should be allowed to get angry. Women should be allowed to, you know, get frustrated, get upset. But I'm, I'm proud of myself for standing up for myself. And then um, we had a reunion. <laughs> yeah, that went pretty rough. <laughs> she just starts laughing. She just starts laughing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. The reunion was so bad. Um, <laughs> I basically was like, okay, go in. Don't cry. <laughs> Cried the whole time. <laughs> Cried the whole time. Walked Cried off for, the stage, right? A couple times. Did walk up did have one walk off. Um, but that's just, you know, part of the game. And um it was eight hours. I got yelled at for eight hours. Oh. And um it, at at the point I mean you've done the type of, like after the final roast. I had thing. that kind of reunion too where And I you got, did. Like, you're in you knew you're in the hot seat. Yeah. But then it starts to become like, wait, what are you guys mad about? Because there's the reaction of like, are you guys talking about what really happened or what uh, people on the internet are like, have conspiracy theories about? Mm. <laughs> like, but it was, it was, it was I'd brutal. Be, and it was so hard. It was terrible for my mental health. And there's that like group mentality where like, if enough people say something, it's like, it's true. Yep. Oh, yep. You get it, don't you? I do get it. I was I was in that fucking hot seat. And then you start feeling crazy because you're like, you guys know. <laughs> I going like, you guys wait, know like, what happened. <laughs> so how are you all now? Like, what kind of meeting was I not invited to? For people watching reality TV, if you just see like a hyperbole that gets repeated over and over again, like that's just an accusation that's being made with no like logic behind it. But um, mm. I got engaged in between the reunion and when the show, well, while the show aired, yeah. and um, they made the engagement about them that <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell them, and I was oh. like, why would I? Yeah, yeah. I do rem- okay, I, that is, I, I do remember that. I remember reading yeah. about that and everything. Yeah, that's such a weird thing to like make the reunion well, about, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it was. I basically like got engaged, told my family and um, like five of my closest friends, and then. Like two weeks later, I was allowed to go public with it, and that's when like majority like people I've known for ten years found out on Instagram. Like it wasn't like a fuck you to everyone I know. It was, and it was like such a beautiful day. And people also because like I don't post about him a lot on Instagram, they assume that like I just met this guy yesterday. And yeah, there's a lot of people think they know things and have opinions on things, but um, I just really want to make people laugh. Like honestly, I'm like, it's like. Yeah, like I want to entertain people, but sometimes it's like, is this that entertaining? Trying to like tear down someone's relationship or someone's, you know. Um, But yeah, it's a thin line between like the fighting is, you know, relatable and fun versus like, like what are we talking about? Tired almost. Like yeah. 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 Yeah, Like just the petty like, are you mad about this or are there bigger reasons that we're Mm -hmm. upset now? And um, yeah. I do think like you handled yourself well and we'll we'll get into like kind of mental health and everything so we'll do that right after this. Me and Eric were talking before we hopped on like you have a very big fan base and loyal fan base and I think it's because you're not afraid to speak your mind. You're not afraid to be who you are and yeah. you, you're funny and you can like make things Thank like you. that are very serious funny. So it's cool to see like this like loyal following that you've built like kind of on your own, you know, not with the help of the show necessarily. You know what I mean? <laughs> the show might have been detrimental to <laughs> this, certain yeah, things. In spite of the show. <laughs> in spite of the show. But that's like when I first did reality TV, like everyone was like, it's not crazy that reality TV has been bad for my mental health. Like, I don't tell that to anyone. They're like, hot take, Hannah. They're like, no shit, you <laughs> stupid bitch. And <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't speak to myself like that. But <laughs> we're working on positive self-talk. But like my, this is the problem. Like, like everyone needs to listen to Blake's episode on burning in hell because I was going through a real dark time when I was talking to you. And having someone who was in a similar position talk about his story and his experience on The Bachelor was amazing and afterward I like called my mom and I was just like I was so I feel so connected and understood but um my first two seasons were awesome on Summer Mm -hmm. House but that's when you start trusting things a little too much yep yep and then they know that (laughs) but with that said 
people the first two seasons saw a side of me that was like funny and like didn't want to be involved in drama and like you know making mistakes with boys but so normal and then this last season some people were acting like well hannah is a like someone took over her body and she's a new human. like i'm the same person i was those last two seasons but granted it was a pandemic and you saw me get into fights with people mm-hmm. and um i'm also like a i'm so scared of confrontation but in my in my like athlete mind, I'm like, this is what you have to do. Like, you have to stand up for yourself, and like, you're gonna be a feminist icon, and like, everyone's gonna be proud of you. And you're doing this; it's so hard, and you're going against like the hierarchy and the patriarchy. Yeah. And then it aired, and it was like, no, she's she's um, crazy and has really bad daddy issues because <laughs> her dad was her coach growing up. So now she just attacks people for no reason. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> It's so true because sometimes you have an idea, like especially as it's like being filmed, you're like, oh, this is how it's gonna look, this is what I'm going for. And then you watch it back like row row. Like fucking this is not fucking row. And then it's funny because I haven't been online in a while for my mental health, and Mm -hmm. my friends will like be think they're helping me and they're like, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, what? And they're like, it's it's so bad. I'm so sorry. I'm like, what's bad? And they're like, oh, you haven't. Oh, I'll send it to you. I'm like, don't, no, don't send it to me. I'll spiral for eight hours. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's this concept of like the like imaginary best friend. I think like I think somewhere else is very relatable. But then those same people like to be like, we used to like you, but now we hate you. So it's like you just feel like you're losing friends that you didn't that don't even know you. I remember when I was going through my season, there was one meme that popped up everywhere, and it was that meme where it was like, we were rooting for you, that fucking Tyra Banks meme or whatever. We were rooting for you. Like, I had that meme all over everywhere. Well, I totally forgot you were, like, the mans. I also had a very good first season, like you talked about. But a great first season. very true. I just trusted a Oh, God. (laughs) No, but also, like, that's also just great TV, the, like, people started writing, they were, like, the downfall. And I'm like, What? What's happening? The downfall. And then you for, you don't realize what you have. But also, I'm not that cool of a girl that they thought I was my first two seasons. And I'm not that crazy of a girl you right? think I am this last season. And you said, you said that to me. You were like, the yeah. person you guys love is not as gray as you think. Mm-hmm. And the person you guys hate is actually, a lot of the time, they're like the honest ones or the mm-hmm. ones that like aren't like kind of the black sheep that's not going with like whatever playing like the big lie is the going game. or they're yeah. not or they're just not and a lot of the time when they're not in, in a part of the game it's because they're getting like a different kind of attention which might have been positive mm-hmm. that other people weren't getting yep. <laughs> i don't know but all i know is i read some articles on reality tv and like how to make someone a villain and i was like why are we reading this now <laughs> why did we think that we could just walk in and wing it <laughs> Eric, do you have any thoughts? I've been talking too much. No, I'm I'm just taking this. I'm just a sponge right now. I'm just a sponge. But yeah, Blake, we'll get coffee one day. And we're gonna come out there. We were talking in June, I think. That that, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll grab coffee. We could do this all day. Just our stories are so similar. Like, yeah, yeah. And because I did, I did, I watched both your seasons. Um, but also. The average watcher is not that invested. The average watcher, like when I watched your season, I was like, okay, he pulls. Like he gets <laughs> he gets women. And then I remember kind of, but like I low-key was like into it. So I was like, okay, well, yeah, like we all, he gets girls, but let's, he's not trying to murder anyone. Right. Um, <laughs> we've all had that miscommunication. But yeah, at some point, the drama gets so intense because of the internet that we're like, what are we fighting it about? Is it about trash? Or is it about, like, did I fuck your boyfriend? Like, what, where is the, and, and then, yeah. Anyway. I think a lot of people <laughs> oftentimes will, like, project, like, their issues, obviously. Like, like, like let's say for my, my example, like, I'm sure there are some girls out there who have felt like they were played or whatever, and so they mm-hmm. just took it out on me. They were just like, mm-hmm. fuck you, like, you're mm-hmm. a fucking piece of shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how. But it's so react. funny how you went from, being like America's boyfriend, everyone wants to date him, to being like, no, he is the biggest, most horrible person. But that's also what the internet's doing in general to people mm-hmm. who oh, have yeah. attention. You know, you find someone who said something like three years ago that was 
problematic and you want them to grow, but it is exciting for people to demonize someone and be like, we didn't know this, but they're secretly the devil. Exactly. The fall from grace. People love that. I remember Chris Harrison, the first thing he said to me when I sat down in the hot seat was like, so how was it like, your fall from grace? I was like, fuck me, right? Like, okay. I guess we're just <laughs> no, because that's, right that's the writer's room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's 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 Shakespeare. Their that's storyboard been entertaining. was like, Blake, 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 boom, just like, <laughs> boom, just explode. Yeah, that was the You know what? This is going to get like a little deep, but when that stuff happens to you, you feel like just like used and abused. Oh. And and you almost feel violated, yeah, mm -hmm. and you, cause, cause you you trusted. Yeah, I, trusted. I listen. I was in Mexico with some other Bachelor Nation people this last week, and there was a moment where I was like, <clears throat> it hurts. Like it hurts when people you trusted lie to your face, lie about you, and use you. Like it fucking hurts, you know. Like mm -hmm. it sucks. It's mm -hmm. not a cool feeling, you know. But also, I feel like so many people who watch Summer House or The Bachelor, they have that relatability. But then it's funny because then the trolls. I'm like, at no point have you ever fought with someone's boyfriend who you felt treated someone wrongly, and he's yelling at you for an hour, and you might say something ridiculous and walk away. Mm -hmm. Like, is that that insane? Like, look at your look at the worst moments of your life and imagine people wanting to get that out of you. Like, let's let's that's a I, job. It's like, it's like bring the worst out of you. <laughs> but and as someone who's a perfectionist and like clearly we're in this industry because we're obsessed with people liking us. <laughs> I'm kind of, I need I, I guess I needed this like I needed this moment and it did make me realize like you're also not the girl that people are, you know, putting on this crazy pedestal as like the coolest, funniest, most awesome chick. Mm -hmm. Like, um, see that right there though, is like a ton of growth. Like you just said, like most people don't think that way. Like that was a very good way to think about it, you know? Yeah. And, and it's the, and fame is so like fleeting and so quick and you just, you lose control, but it's starting to make me just realize like the only control you have is like the simple things in life. Like you'll get those highs from those. You'll get highs when, you know, you're VIP sitting here getting shit. But that's you, you don't go to sleep at night feeling content from that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I've I've done reflection <laughs> therapy. Oh, <laughs> uh, You've done the growth. You've done that. I mean, yeah. but having like you as an example of someone who like. A lot of people, like I talked to Olivia Caridi bef years ago, mm -hmm. and I hadn't even seen her season. I had her on my podcast. She was great. And she was like, I can't touch it yet. I can't even watch it. Mm -hmm. I can't. I'm yeah, she had to move myself. Yeah. yeah, she had a bad one too. Yeah. She was and to see that you've been able to like work through it is pretty cool. I mean, you're probably going to evolve in different ways, obviously, but that you're able to like have empathy for mm. it or like mm. see the big picture and not just um burn the house down yeah it's a, been a blessing in disguise like i feel like i can like i've had a lot of like new contestants of the show reach out to me because they're like you've seen the top like you said you've seen the top you've seen the bottom like help and i'm mm. like i can do this is the one thing i know how to do now <laughs> i can help you through this yeah. shit show yeah this might be too much you don't have to answer but do you feel like if you didn't post your kind of receipts mm -hmm. that you'd be in a different place now I don't know if I would have made it through. I don't think I would have made it through. I would have felt so helpless and like silenced and like I just, there was nothing yeah. I could do. And it, and I released the receipts like right after the first episode, but there's still three more episodes of me just getting buried. So yeah. like, I don't think I would have made it through. I really don't think I would have made it through. Sometimes you can't, or like you don't, it's not worth it to try to explain yourself right. at a point. Mm -hmm. And it's too deep. Yeah. Yeah. or too nuanced or too complicated and you you have to kind of just like take the l and mm -hmm. walk which i took a lot of l's i just yeah. want to take that one big l but yeah i mean it, you're right like it, there are certain instances where it's like just fucking take it <laughs> like just fucking take it but it's hard because like i do believe things are like karmic and how like it's you one day it's other people another day i don't but i don't know why it is but it's like that's just how this industry is where mm -hmm. like there has to be a new me mm -hmm. you know yeah. next oh <laughs> uh, well that was a good discussion i enjoyed that very much yeah <laughs> let's yeah. get into what you're doing now hannah like you're back in the stand-up game you're oh back my out God. there it's so exciting because i was so nervous because all my material was about why i'm single 
and then Uh-oh. quarantine hit and now i'm like okay this is why i was single but now this should happen but being back on stage has been so therapeutic so amazing to like just see real people and get real energy and i feel like new yorkers are so excited to laugh right now like i go on stage and they're just like the best crowds and i'm gonna launch um i'm gonna announce like a real stand-up tour this summer where i'm gonna try to like just bop around everywhere and have a great time are you gonna come to comedy works in denver hell yes hell yes i've actually been there before Comedy Works Denver is actually, I think, pretty well known nationally. It's it's very well respected. Yes, exactly. But I've actually, I've never, yeah, I went there once, um, but I'm, I'd love to. Yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. Let us know for sure. That's exciting, though. I've never done anything like stand-up comedy. It terrifies me, the thought of, like, standing up there and trying to make people laugh. Because what do you do when they don't? Like, what do you do? <laughs> You're just like. So <laughs> the funny thing about when they don't is then you can, like, make fun of it even more. Like I'll like make a I made a joke about like Simba being a fuck boy and like people didn't laugh and I was like what is this a Simba support group like what is this and then they laughed <laughs> yeah. so it's like you have to kind of or like you'll make an awkward like sex joke and they won't laugh and it's like oh you've never fingered a butthole before so then you like get them laughing about that so you, you kind of just it's like a it's less like a speech and more of this like um conversation with the audience you have to be really like in tune with what what they're doing and how they're feeling because you can't just talk at them and expect them to laugh but it's it's been really fun and the comedy audience is very different than the reality tv audience like obviously they um some of them carry over but my like podcast audience and my comedy audience are um they know me in like a different way which has been again great to have an outlet to like just like be yeah fully yourself yeah yeah, sounds like a lot like DJing. Like if they're not dancing, yeah. you just got to transition. It's exactly. Transition. Yeah, you can't just DJ and not be aware of what the crowd is giving you. Mm-hmm. Um, and some crowds, it's funny, the comics, you never realize it, but the comics are obsessed with the crowds. Like they'll walk up and they'll be like, how's the crowd tonight? And they'll be like, oh, they're pretty smart. Or like, oh, they like the sex shit. Like they try to generalize. But it's also that um, group mentality where like someone might be like a little too drunk and everyone's feeling awkward or like some a bunch there's like a big bachelorette group and everyone's feeling very giggly so it is there's all these nuances i've been doing like outdoor comedy where there's like a heater that's making weird noises and you're competing with the heater so it's a fucking journey but you get this kind of crazy high after because you're doing something that's that's like a risk but um even when people don't laugh though you feel like you feel proud of yourself because you're just like it's hard. <laughs> like no, yeah. no one bombs, and people are like you suck. Like they're like, yeah, it's a tough crowd, tough crowd yeah. tonight. <laughs> I'm missed? about to bomb too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the c- comedians are great, and um, I'm just very happy to be back on stage. And you know, being in entertainment, reality TV has been such a great experience. And now, like, I'm really putting my heart into being more creative in comedy and seeing where that takes me. That's awesome. I definitely, I think stand-up comedy is gonna be like a bucket list of mine. Like just to hop up open mic night and just try it. Do you know how I started it? I know you're sweating. I started it because Caroline's on Broadway, which is like a great comedy club in the city, reached out and said, do you want to do a live Burning in Hell? Oh. So it was just like a live podcast because you guys should definitely do a live podcast. It's it's really, really fun. But then my friend was like, I dare you to open with 10 minutes of stand up. And I was like, you're a bitch. But I'd been doing all these funny tweets and I was, I took my tweets and I was like, okay, I have a bunch of these about like cuddling. I have a bunch of these about like um, being hungry all the time. I have cats. I have like horoscopes. I have men. I have like love shit. And I started to kind of group them together and then expand on some or make some like a button of a joke. And I did it. And th- people were like, that was my favorite part of the show. Oh. First time I did comedy was in front of 250 people. Whoa. Like, I'm a crazy person. That's a lot. I I don't know. Like, people liked it. But, like, obviously now I know, like, a lot more about stand-up. But um, there's – I almost felt so calm on stage. Like, I felt like I was at a coffee date, like, with the audience where I was just talking. Um, But it's really – some people love it. And then some people love being the audience. It's just Mm -hmm. who you are. But you clearly are an entertainer at heart. um, And I could see you – using your self-awareness to be able to 
like and observation skills to yeah, make some yeah. jokes. That rush you talked about, there's nothing like it. Like that's such a cool rush. Are you like, kidding me? Because I've done a lot of live podcasts. We haven't done one for Behind the Rose, but I've done a mm-hmm. lot of live podcasts. Yeah. And there's it's just such a rush and stuff. When you make people like you tell a story, make them laugh, and like, oh, it's so yep. cool. It's and yeah, fun. some comics are like all storytellers where you just like are really good at taking them on a journey. Um, but yeah, time like stops and you're just in this room just trying to make people happy like i it's a fucking orgasm like it's the best thing ever and then you like go back to your normal life you're in the uber and you're like ah oh, fucking emails but during <laughs> those like 15 minutes i'm just like in bliss and even when you're bombing you still feel so alive <laughs> yeah totally no I i'd rather agree. bomb on like worst day on stage is better than like your best day on a Zoom call. That's very true. That is very <laughs> true. Let's talk about your podcast. Well, you got two podcasts. You got Burning in Hell, which is the one that I've been on. Yes. Uh, it's an amazing podcast. It's so much fun. Thank it's, you. Yeah. I had a blast on that. And yeah. Giggly Squad, right? Yes, Giggly Squad with Paige, which started from... Did you, did you, Eric, did you see season four? Yeah, I've seen all of them. Great. Good. That's important to me. So season four, <laughs> it opens with Paige and I like giggling. We were like hammered. We've been drinking for like five hours. And this guy was like giving a speech about how he was like an amazing fiance. And we thought it was funny. And then he basically lost his mind because we were like giggled a little. And this was a long, it was a 10 minute speech. And he was like, fucking Giggly Squad. Fuck you, Hannah. Fuck you, Paige. Like went off. And Eric, I did not respond back then because I was still behaving. <laughs> I was behaving, which apparently is safer. But um, I then took the name Giggly Squad and monetized it. That's fucking brilliant. So he hates me. But, <laughs> but it's been, it became like so much more than just, it started as a Instagram live every night at 10 p.m. Where we were like, hey, it's a Giggly Squad. And we would just make fun of everything to try to make people laugh because we were you know how you're facetiming your friends during quarantine and we were like we should just go on live and let people listen to our stupid conversations we went live for three months straight at 10 p.m to the point that like every day every day of quarantine. oh wow that's <laughs> every a day, lot people were messaging like where are you guys like it became like, <laughs> but, like it was sc- quarantine was scary so like having that time where everyone was on and we just talk shit and we'd be mm. like we're okay right we're okay so then when we filmed Summer House, we couldn't keep doing it. So we turned it into a podcast. And um, anyway, yeah, so we just make fun of like pop culture That's and great. our own lives and shit. I love that name too, Giggly, Giggly Squad. so great. I've also been, like people used to make fun of me for giggling a lot. I think I have very nervous laughter sometimes. <laughs> people always think I'm high because I'm giggling and eating. But like I, don't, I can't smoke <laughs> weed. I have panic attacks. But so when, some, when he said Giggly Squad, I was like, that is genius. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate look that. At you, look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is the root of a lot. As she starts giggling. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's important to giggle. I'd rather... Uh, no, but I'll like nervous giggle at bad times. It's yeah, something yeah, I'm working yeah. on. Like when serious, something serious is happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not great on reality TV. <laughs> like, she's such a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is so I don't cry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So everybody go check out Giggly Squad and Burning in Hell Pod. Before we let you go, we talked about a little bit about mental health and everything. If, I know this could be kind of a hard question, but like, mm-hmm. if you had one like piece of advice for people who are going through it, which all of us at some point have, mm-hmm. uh, what would that advice be? My advice would be that your brain is very malleable. So that means like your brain is always changing. So wherever you feel you are in that moment you're never going to feel that exact same way again. And I think it's important to remember that because depression comes from like lack of hope, like just not having any more hope. And I'm letting you know, like scientifically, it's a fact that there's hope. Like you're not going to be in the same place twice. Um, So yeah. I've never heard that. Brain is valuable. Because I completely agree. Like, as the lowest you feel right now, like that will pass kind of thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, those moments where you're just like, this is horrible mm-hmm. and I can't live like this. And it's like, no, no one can live with that same feeling forever, but mm-hmm. it, that it won't, it won't be. Yeah. And things change on a dime. So yeah. And I'm going to try to take my advice too. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> and now that you are engaged, do you guys have a date picked out? May, 2022. Yeah. Oh, nice. Because we were first trying to do a little shotgun wedding 
um because we thought we found like a cool venue but then we realized maybe we should like date out of a pandemic before we get married because <laughs> i'm like what if he like snaps at waiters when he wants the check like i can't i need to like <laughs> True, figure some shit out are you guys right. looking for a dj for yeah, uh, i will yeah. uh, MC your wedding <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah i mean we haven't we haven't like made that many decisions but it's no, gonna be lit i'm sure it's gonna be lit, it's gonna be lit. I'm sure that'll be and also before day. we get out of here just because like i'm curious where where do you and amanda stand like now <laughs> Like where's where's this? Here comes the summer at? house fan questions. The funny thing with Amanda is, um, I've never said a bad word about Amanda, and um, I like hope she's great. I just wouldn't know. If that makes sense. That's fair mm-hmm. enough. Fair enough. And last one I've got. <laughs> In your opinion, who is the bigger fuck boy, Luke or Blake? Oh my God, are you kidding me? Luke a bazillion percent. The receipts I have on that man, you have no idea. You've no fucking clue. This is, I mean, I mean, this is Bachelorette versus this is Summer Hannah, House. Stop there, no, Hannah, like, stop, Hannah, stop there. <laughs> Don't start backpedaling. You know, it's been said. Oh wait, sorry. I'm above it now. I'm above it. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, no, some sh- yeah, some fucked up shit went down. But um, Blake, can you be on podcasts with me more often? Because yes, that was healthy. He- that was really healthy. <laughs> you should see my fiance will literally be like, no, 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 and I'm like, I'm talking. And he'll run the room and be like, stop it. And I'm like, sorry. Went to cryptocurrency, love advice. We were all over the place today. I love it. This is a good pod. I enjoyed this very much. Where can everybody find you? Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at beingburns, B-E-I-N-G-B-E-R-N-Z. And then hannahburner.com for my tour dates to see if I'm coming to a city near you. Yeah. Everybody go check her out on uh, Stand Up. And yeah. I wish there was like a code word we could tell like our fans to like yell out. (laughs) Like <laughs> just start <laughs> chirping you on stage. <laughs> well, it's funny. A lot of people giggly squad. They're just be like giggly. Oh, that's um, good. Giggly. But it, no, I've actually like reality TV. Everything like it's been a blessing mm-hmm. yeah. in disguise. Yeah. Is Paige <laughs> is Paige still single? Yes. Oh, let's do a little. Bla- Blake is as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You, you know what's very funny? I had multiple people message me after your pod, being like, "Um, Blake and Paige." Really? And yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, she she is a smoke. She's she's, she's great. Gorgeous. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have Blake on Giggly for a little. Do it. Let's. Yes. I'll, I'll come on. Okay, Giggly. that's what we'll do. That's, oh that's God. What we'll do. We can't tell her. No, we can't tell her that we're doing this. We have just come in like real casual. I'm gonna downplay it. I'll be like, yeah, he's like whatever. I don't even know who he is. He's fine. Whatever. And then she's like, he's cute. Why should he's cute? I'm like, he's tall, but like whatever. <laughs> he wears backwards hats, but it's fine. Backwards hats, it's like whatever. <laughs> he ruined a couple girls' life on TV, but whatever. It's a ba- it's a backwards hat that says bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're so funny it's a fucking goal brand you, okay, you really like teeter the line every now and then i'm like is he tricking us all <laughs> it's a skill it's a it's a gift of you got to keep people on their toes yeah teeter on that line yeah of like, but I, yeah our identities are complex people are not yes. black and white and yes. i hope everyone is growing Amen. Well, awesome, <laughs> Hannah, this was so much fun. Uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, maybe we'd have you on because you watched The Bachelor. Maybe for a recap. Yeah, a I would love to. Oh, my God. That'd oh, be so I fun. I would yeah. love to talk so some shit. We'll do that. And uh, yeah, if you ever come to Denver, perform all that stuff. We're going to come out that way, hopefully maybe in July or something. Bounce is opening up uh, Montauk. Oh, bounce club, shit. Nightclub. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I yeah. used to work across the street from Blounds. Yeah, bounce, DJing. bounce. Out there. Yeah, that, some sketchy shit happens at Yeah, bounce. and if you guys ever bounce need a DJ a for the house... Um, yeah, it's a little pool be parties. Put, put, put that in Bravo's ear. <laughs> it just has to be um, non-copyrighted music, okay? That's fine. This will be the first time Blake could play his original shit. Yeah, <laughs> which would be the worst thing ever. <laughs> just never done you it. You guys never shit. have like real like we have dance parties to just beats. Yeah, because they have to be non-copyrighted. There's just somebody over there with like pushing <laughs> buttons. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll just discuss. sound the horn. <laughs> I love the collaboration of Bravo and The Bachelor. This is important. This is powerful. Game changer. Game Mm -hmm. changer. Well, thanks so much, guys. If you ever need me on Giggly Squad. Hell yes. (laughs) You'll never need me, but. I I thought Eric was trying to hit on Paige. I was like, Eric, you you can shoot your shot. That bar is way too high. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, you have to believe in yourself. (laughs) 
I'm about to go creep on Instagram. Like, I don't really. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is exciting. I love matchmaking. It's same. I, same. It's that's, why, that's why I had to shoot oh the shot for him. It's good karma. Right. He doesn't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'd be, oh they'd God. be aesthetically very cute on Instagram at least, which is. <laughs> that's all the, mo the most fashionable person and the guy who doesn't know a fucking thing about fashion. I wear t-shirts, cowboy boots, and jeans and a backwards hat. Yeah. Oh my God. He's consistent. Yeah, you're very, very consistent. consistent. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I'm gonna start blushing, so I'm gonna get off the pod. So <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> oh my god! Bye, guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Instagram at Behind the Rose Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, and give us all five of those damn stars. Behind the Rose is recorded on site at the world famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. See you next time behind the rose.